Welcome everyone to this episode of the Palmetto Guardian. Today we talk about history. Welcome everyone. I'm Sergeant Chelsea Baker. And I'm Sergeant Tim Andrews. And today we're going to be talking about history. Yeah. I've I've said before in podcasts that I love learning about history, but mm-hmm. My brain just doesn't retain the information. No. Uh, I, <laughs> I know it's different for you because you you kind of like history. I like that. history depending on like what the subject matter is and if it uh, piques my interest. But we had some folks on here today who uh, put, uh, put, uh, put some information out for their upcoming event for the Battle of the Bulge at the South Carolina Military Museum. Yeah. So, um... They've been doing a lot of great work. They had a really cool event a couple months ago for D-Day, and they had a really good turnout. Um, the exhibit area downstairs, they've, they've, I've seen them convert it into so many different things, and they've I've, used it for all different kinds of things. I've heard them convert it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> we have to battle with them sometimes about being quiet while we're trying to shoot, and yeah. they're pretty good about it. It's a give or take. Yeah, exactly. We got to schedule around our work schedules, but they've been super helpful with us being up here and sharing their space as well as trying to get their work done because, mm-hmm. I mean, they've been putting in a lot of hours trying to get downstairs ready for um, their new exhibit, which... Like I said, it's ama- Like it's gonna be amazing. So yeah, it looks like something out of like a theater play or something. Well, just the, like the setup, the lighting, it looks really cool. Yeah. So um, we're gonna go over to um, them coming in and talking about more about the Battle of the Bulge and what the exhibit um, will be about, and see what else they have to say. Awesome. So today we have John Freeman. He is the weapons curator for the South Carolina Military Museum. And we also have Heather McPherson, and she's the curator of history for the South Carolina Military Museum. So welcome for both of you to be here today, even though I see you every single day. Well, yeah, welcome back. Some of us <laughs> have been here before. So. <laughs> yes, and welcome back. This is your second time on the podcast. It is. Um, you were our lucky number two episode. So Was that last year? No. Uh, is this po- year? Yeah. Oh. We haven't even been doing the podcast for a year yet. Time flies when I you know. get busy. I don't. I forget. And when you're having fun, right? Time flies when you're getting busy. I forget. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I know that we kind of, I'm going to start with you, Heather, since you haven't been on yet. Could you kind of explain a little bit about what you do as a curator of history for the museum? My basic job is to kind of tell about the soldier stories and the unit history. So I like getting really into like letters and um, you know, paperwork that came with the soldier and really getting to know their story. Um, so kind of putting a, a story with the face uh, that we have here in uh, the military museum. And um, John kind of deals with the weapons and everything that goes goes bang. Yeah, but I like everything, yeah. everything mechanical. So <laughs> I'm technically weapons curator, but if it's technology, like tanks, helicopters, jets. Just anything that has to I do with it. I love it. Yeah. And I like uniforms and stories and stuff like that. So. Yeah. You guys are always, you have... You always have interesting stories because, like I've said before on podcasts, I love learning about history, but as far as retaining the information, that's not my best suit. So, um. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it's a lot easier to learn when it's actually entertaining to you. Yeah. That's why I imagine your favorite subjects in school always those that were entertaining. And unfortunately, when everyone thinks history, they're like, oh, 1812, 1776, it's numbers yeah. thrown at you. You're expected to regurgitate on a test. Mm-hmm. And yeah. We don't find that interesting either. Yeah. 
So. Exactly. But um, specifically today, you guys are here to talk about a specific event. Um, the last couple weeks, I've watched, as well as Andrew's, the downstairs area. For those of you who don't know where our studio is located, we are in the back of the museum upstairs. And downstairs, is that what is that considered a gallery? It is now. Yes. So what gallery number? Is it? Three. Three? Yeah, three. We're up to three now. Okay. So Gallery 3, we've watched it transform from um, when you guys did the D-Day event, and then you've it's been used for all different types of events and um, training, and now you're turning it into something else. So it's yeah. kind of cool to see all the different stages that it's gone through. And um, so I want you guys to talk a little bit about what the next transition is and what it's going to be here shortly. Well, hopefully it's a museum gallery from uh, going forward when it was first designed it was sort of a general purpose space mm -hmm. and as we've been holding exhibits in there there's things we've wanted that we haven't been able to use in that space so now we're actually going back and we're taking some modern museum standards and applying it to the space to make one of our most modern galleries in the museum and then hopefully the idea is that will transfer down to the gallery one and gallery two and it'll sort of work from the back museum towards towards the front okay so currently you guys have been putting in a lot of work and effort into <laughs> the new exhibit which from my understanding is the battle of the bulge so can you explain a little bit about the history of that and the significance oh please take over Heather. <laughs> oh, yes. yeah the, the battle of the bulge uh world war ii battle uh happened in the winter of 1944 it's kind of germany's last ditch effort uh to uh, have a counterattack against our forces coming up to their, the German border. So uh, a lot of our guys were kind of in an R&R &R state uh, on the border of Belgium. And then on the morning of December 16th, you know, artillery barrage just starts hitting them. And uh, these the 106 was actually the first, um, that was the first time they saw combat. So you had a lot of new soldiers or soldiers just expecting to kind of, you know, rest and relax through winter, uh, through Christmas, and there they get hit with the German bombardment. So, um, lasted, you know, route through mid-January, and it was uh, bitter cold, um, a lot of tank battles, which John uh, really enjoyed uh, doing research on. And <laughs> and we also have, you know, some South Carolinians there, too. Like, we'll have an exhibit on um, a captain from our anti-artillery battery. Hmm. So That's um, interesting. Or anti-aircraft battery, um, mm -hmm. Weston. So, we'll have some, some little stories in there from South Carolinians, um, some who weren't South, from South Carolina, but also some of the technology, like... Uh, V weapons, the first rockets, things like that. Hmm. Now you guys are talking about my uh, favorite part in history. Which uh, one's that? Uh, World War Two. Just, oh, just in general. I mean, you, have you, oh, you got the Patton movie. That's a great movie. Okay, that is that, that one's pretty. Fantastic. I can watch that on rerun all the time. That one's pretty fantastic. Now, is this? Uh, are you guys gonna be emphasizing like South Carolina components at the Battle of the Bulge, or just as a? We do. Uh, we do where it's available, but okay. when we're talking about something as large as the Battle of the Bulge, of course, South Carolina wasn't at every single part mm -hmm. of the battle. So we do talk about the battle um, as a whole, but then we do talk about any South Carolina units or South Carolina soldiers who may have been there or near there. We'll talk about them if we have the materials to talk about them, but we do encompass the entire battle just so that you've received the whole picture. Okay. So mm -hmm. we'll be starting, uh, we opened, what, December 16th, right? And that's mm -hmm. actually when the battle would have started 75 years ago. We're not opening at what, two in the morning, three in the morning. The <laughs> oh, no. five thirty. You're not going to go all the way. You're just going to. No probably still be working on the exhibit at that point, so no, yeah. we can't open it quite then. But uh, but yeah, it's it's it, we're going to try to cover a bunch of facets. And what's interesting, like you said, in history, you, you like to learn what's interesting mm -hmm. and how it's given to you. 
we talk about a lot of the things of, you know, everyone knows about Battle of the Bulge and things like that. But we also like to talk about things that people might not know about, little interesting tidbits that will keep you entertained. So, uh, Is hopeful. there any, like, a little snippet of what you can give us, or is it all a secret until the 16th? Oh, what's your, what's, what's your favorite story that people don't know about, Heather? Well, I like, uh, you know, the story about uh, Weston because it's South Carolinian, but also we're going to talk about uh, two nurses from uh, Bastogne, mm-hmm. which uh, the town became popular with the Band of Brothers uh, television series. And um, one of the episodes actually kind of portrays one of these nurses that we're going to briefly talk about, um, that ho- uh, hospital that actually uh, saw firsthand what the battle was like. And uh, John's going to do some about the Vengeance weapons, which uh, were the forefront to our Apollo program. Very it's interesting. Be interesting. Yeah, I'm excited Big for guns, it. Big guns, rockets, yeah. airplanes, yep. all sorts of stuff. Medical, uh, South Carolinians, Antwerp, cover everything. Yeah. Now, when is it going to be? When's uh, it's going to be open in December? But when is it close? When is uh, y'all's exhibit close? Where exhibit's going to open in December on December 16th because it's coming Monday, mm-hmm. and it'll be closed. We aren't haven't nailed down a date yet, but it's probably gonna be early February. Okay. Cool. So it's going to be kind of like the D-Day event where you had the exhibit um, open to the public for a certain amount of time and then it changed to something else. Mm-hmm. That's right. After that. So after that, we're actually looking at uh, we're going to take it down, look at it again, and we're going to start preparing for VJ Day. Okay. After that is the is the plan. Yeah. Victory yeah. in Japan. So what's the process to creating these exhibits? I mean, you guys are only two people, and the work that I'm, like, if you guys could see, and whenever the exhibit opens, please come to the museum and check it out, because they've put a lot of work into this, and it's going to be amazing, but how does that process start? Like, how do you just sit down and be like, let's do this, let's do that, let's display these things? Like, how how does that work for you? We each probably have a different answer, so you give yours. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> I'll just I'll just stare at some blank walls for a while and trying to envision it. Um, but I think this one kind of progressed as we started kind of digging into things. We like, oh, well, we can do that, or you know, we can switch it up this way. But um, yeah, mine kind of comes from a lot of planning. I usually work on the story aspect first. What kind of stories would I want, like to tell? Do some research, find some interesting tidbits, and then build off of a display with that. Um, I think John kind of does it a little bit differently. Stubbornness. <laughs> so it's kind of like Heather's me and your Erskine. <laughs> yeah, so what? So we, was it three months ago? We looked yeah. in that gallery, and Heather's like, I want to do this and this and this and this. I was mm-hmm. like, you know what would look fantastic if we take out the ceiling? Yeah. We replace all the lights. We paint all the walls. We make fake walls. Uh, we do all of these. We, let's and do Heather's all, like, oh, my all gosh. This. And Heather's <laughs> like, you only got three months. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We, we haven't built anything yet. Yeah. And, and we're um, upstairs listening to all yeah. this noise at the same time. Yeah. yeah there was, there was a lot, lot, of, lot of loud noises downstairs. and um, Walls coming down. But at the end of the day, it looks like it's going to come together just in the nick of time. Yeah. yeah. Probably the day before it needs to. So, uh, unfortunately, now all that legwork's done. So, we don't mm-hmm. have to do it again later in the year. We can just keep on cycling temporary exhibits through the space and mm-hmm. we learned a lot yes, yes. <laughs> we, we have all kinds we did of a lot wrong now. but we did a lot right too yeah so. yeah so um as far as the artifacts are you having when you think of these specific exhibits that you're wanting to put downstairs do you already have the things to display or are you having to go out and find these things or do you revol- like um create it around what you already have kind of create it around what we have we have um some great contacts with the reenactment community. Um, so we've reached out to them for a few items, but um, kind of how I started that was we went through the collections and just, I pulled everything that could kind of be tied into Battle of the Bulge. So a lot of winter clothing, things like that, or looked up our system, like 
for Captain Weston, who was at the Battle of the Bulge, um, and then kind of looked at what you got and, well, have a display case that that could fit in, that kind of thing. Um, and we took some stuff out, but, it, yeah, a lot of it is is just what we have. And if we really want to tell a story, then we'll reach out and try to find something. Awesome. Now, now how does the museum in general, like, how do you guys acquire it? Now, I was listening to one of your uh, coworkers explain that, like, you guys don't own the equipment. Like, you guys didn't buy, like, all those weapons up and, like, no. No. All that. you guys just hold, it's like a holding well, we, we it is ours, but most of them are just donations. Okay, donations. Okay. Yeah, and um, so if there's something we really need, like if this if this event was coming up and there was an item that we really thought would make the whole exhibit just come together, then we would find some way to either fundraise for it or try to do something like that to find that item. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, with this event, we feel like we had plenty of material that we could actually tell the entire story we wanted to tell just with what we have in-house. Now, if we don't, then we could reach out to other museums for loans, uh, private collectors for loans, and we have a decent amount of things like that in the museum. So um, we'd like to use what we have, but if we can, then we will go through either a loan or to acquire it in some form or another. Yeah, because when I started working here and I saw, like, what is it, the metal, bar- like the red barricades or whatever, I was like, is this thing even real? Oh, yeah. like, yeah. And <laughs> I was like, oh, it's just like wood, and it yeah. t- totally tripped me out. I was like, man, it looks like it's sticking out of the ground. <laughs> yeah, our, our volunteers did great on those, and um, – yeah, I mean, even things like, like Captain Weston, we had a, a story about him, that that was pretty much it. Mm-hmm. And then, like, a couple weeks after D-Day opened, his um, his son comes by and he's like, yeah, I got all this stuff, too. And I'm like, well, that's great, because we're about to do Battle of the Bulge. So sometimes we just luck out with things coming in the door as well. Okay. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so are you guys actually doing an event, or is it just the opening of the exhibit? So we're doing both. Um, unfortunately, due to timing, we are doing a Battle of the Bulge event. I don't know if anyone made it to the D-Day event we did in June. It's going to be similar to that, and the event's going to be January 18th in 2020. It's going to be here at the museum behind the Bluff Road Armory, and it's going to be free, as the last one was as well. But uh, that will be done on the 18th, and the actual gallery is open on the 16th. Both are free. General public welcome everybody to come out. Uh, we're going to have reenactors out there for the Battle of the Bulge event on the 18th. We're going to have some speakers come out. We're going to try to have some macro artifacts, like some people bring us some, maybe some tanks and some vehicles for the public to look at, and uh, hopefully it'll be fun for everybody involved. Yeah, sounds like a lot of fun. I know that uh, the I wasn't able to go to the D-Day event, but I heard that it was very successful and that there was a lot of participation. Absolutely. It was really kind of surprising. It's, how, how big it actually got and how many people wanted to help out and take part in it. Mm-hmm. And uh, hopefully we see the same thing coming up in January and then um, cross our fingers, maybe we'll do one more next next year, later in the year, and it'll be just as successful to help the community get involved with their own history. So. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so moving forward, where do you see, like, the museum going, especially with this uh, gallery that you're continuously changing and um, trying to tell these different stories, like where do you see it going from here? <laughs> we might we might take a we might that. take a little breather after this. <laughs> yes. Yeah, um, you guys have done so much vacation. work. I don't. Yeah, we have a lot of housekeeping. We have a lot of we have a lot yeah. of forms and yeah. things we have to do with the artifacts that are currently on display and in storage. And we have just a bunch of stuff that people don't necessarily yeah. see. Upgrades to our storage organization, to our storage system, like everything like that. But. Um, We'd like to hopefully in the long run kind of see some of the ideas that were started downstairs maybe flow back into the front of the museum, like I said earlier. Maybe start in Gallery 2 and then go into Gallery 1, but um, it's all up in the air at this point because we're really just kind of ready to 
to scale it down enough. Yeah, I know <laughs> you, like I keep saying over and over again, you guys have been, you've put in a lot of work over the last several weeks and it's, I mean, D-Day was one thing, but this, I mean, like you said, you guys were tearing down walls. You're painting the <laughs> ceiling, like you're putting in new lighting. It's not just throwing some stuff on the walls and putting some cool artifacts in different locations and bring in those vehicles that you guys had downstairs that were really cool to look at. I mean, this has been Only a really Only a week ago, there was still plastic on the walls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> look kind of a... Yeah, it looked uh, ominous. Yeah, ominous. Especially considering there was also no lights in there at that time. Like something so off of uh, Dexter. Yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> People walk in through the museum and they they see like the yellow chain to where they can't go through. Mm -hmm. And they see you pop. Like every time I go to get my lunch from the break room, they see me pop out. And then they get like this curious look on their face. And I'm like, I hope they don't try to like venture What's in back there. Oh, yeah. We, we got a lot there. of heads peeking around the corner. Yeah, what, what a, lot of, a lot of interesting. Oh, oh, they're working. Oh, hey. yeah. So hopefully that'll bring them back because yeah. they're oh absolutely they and have an um, interest of what's going on. Uh, it'll be there and we'll be there for a couple months. So hopefully people have a chance mm -hmm. to come by and uh, we'll be open late actually on the sixteenth in case some people want to come by after work yeah. or anything okay. like that. So um, yeah, we're hope we're hoping some people turn out and hopefully they enjoy it, which is the whole reason we do this is to help try to educate people in the local community for the public history. Yeah. So. So for those of you li listening or watching, um, the museum is located behind the Bluff Road Armory off of Bluff Road. Um, <laughs> it is free admission. Um, they have a lot of cool stuff. I haven't even gone through and seen everything, but You've I You've been know, here a year? I know. But I mean, you see how busy we are? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. But um, you guys have a lot of cool stuff in the museum. Your volunteers, they're super nice, and they're always willing to stop and talk to you. Um, you guys do tours, correct? Yep, um, just call ahead and we can place a tour for your group. And, you know, I'd say like a two weeks notice is plenty yeah. for us. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and it's free as yeah. well. We don't charge for those either. And um, to contact you guys would be either your Facebook. You guys have a website. Mm -hmm. Facebook website, uh, 803-299-4440 is our office number up front. So okay. any any of those work fine and or email. And we try to get back as often as we can. So. We'll make sure to put that in the description. Yeah. Yeah. We'll uh, tag your first video um, that oh, you did yeah. with us. Yeah. I, what was that? Was that for D-Day itself or was that for the event? I want to say it was for D-Day. Did you win that one? Yeah. That was that was the second episode we ever did. Wow. Back whenever we had the little table and the yeah. shotgun mic. Yes, and the little the little small chairs. <laughs> and you, guys had a sh you guys had a share. You had to like share a mic. You had yeah. people to mic like it was a straw. Yeah, I mean, yeah. look, we're, we're evolving. Look we're how growing. Far we've come. I know. Really you guys have watched us grow. Like, yeah. we're watching you grow. Yeah. A little bit slower for us on our end. A little slow for us as well. well <laughs> we, we actually had a deadline, so. Yeah. We're kind of just time. going with the flow of when we can get stuff done. That would have been nice for us. Just, just go with the flow and. Oh, well, I mean, going yeah. flow is always nice, yeah. but you don't always get to choose what the no. flow is. Exactly. Yep. Fair point. <laughs> someone, else, someone else controls the faucet, unfortunately. <laughs> Good point. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for stopping in. Again, the exhibit will be open on the 16th for anybody to come in and check it out. And then as well as the event you said was January... January 18th. 18th. And I'm sure that before then, we'll have you guys back on the podcast maybe to talk a little bit more about that. Um, and then, again, to remind people that there will be an event going on. Sounds fantastic. Thank you for having us. Thank, yeah, thank you. you. So I'm glad that John and Heather were able to come on today. Um, John has been on the podcast before, so it was nice to have Heather come on because we see her around the museum all the time. Mm -hmm. And she knows so much about history. Like, 
I just, I don't know how her brain can contain it all. I just don't understand. Yeah, that had to tattoo it under my brain. I, <laughs> I, can, I couldn't remember all that. Yeah, but um, like we said earlier, and they said before, um, the exhibit will be open December 16th for mm-hmm. the Battle of the Bulge, and it is starting to, like, actually come together because for weeks they were painting walls, they were tearing down tearing down walls, then painting them, then pulling out the ceiling and painting. So it's cool to actually see them starting to put all of the artifacts in place, how they envisioned it and how they went from posting like notes and pictures on the wall to actually having something physically there. So it's kind of cool to see their vision like be created. Yeah. I can't wait to see the final product. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. So, and I like how John was saying um, that in school, like, People might be interested in history and all that kind of stuff, but when you're required to remember dates and what have oh, what's yeah. happened, like you lose interest in it, and your ba- your brain doesn't re- want to retain it. And I feel like maybe that's just what my problem was. Is Number, I like numbers and stuff. Yeah, like I like learning about it, but don't ask me what year it was or what the date was or. So I take it you didn't go to college for math. What does math have to do with no, me? I was good at math. Remembering numbers and uh, stuff like that. No math. I was very good in math because yeah. math you can you can check your work. Yeah, this is can you remember what happened? Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I just I love learning about it. They they'll sit in the office sometimes and just talk about stuff and it's cool to listen and learn from them mm-hmm. without even like trying to learn, if that makes sense. Like they just they just sit around and just talk about stuff and it's like how do you even know that? Like where do you even go to find that information? Yeah, I've been fortunate to have whatever history teacher I've ever had. I can't complain about any te- history teachers I've ever had in school, but they've all, like, they brought in artifacts that either they've dug up, like, uh, bullets from the Civil War or on the that were on the side of a hill or something like that. It, uh, they've always brought in, like, a uh, cool artifact, something to really engage the students. Yeah, and it's it's weird because to think of it now, like, I mean, I've been out of school for – several years and to think like what I wonder what they're even teaching them now because it's like history has changed and there's within a 10-year span we have new history so how far back are they still going and teaching and that kind of stuff and I and I try to go I don't man I don't even think we made it past uh we made a we might have made it to like the Korean War but we didn't get to Iraq the Iraq uh Iraq War, the Persian Gulf. Um, I think the last thing I can remember in image is like the 9-11. Exactly. And like for younger kids, they were either like babies or probably not even born. So mm-hmm. like that's the new history that they're learning. And I, I just I'm curious to see if they still go as far back as what we learned growing up in school. So yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, for 20, 30 years from now, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see what's going to be in the history books. Yeah. And what they're going to be teaching. Yeah. So um, for those listening and even watching, um, make sure you like and subscribe to our channel. We're slowly still inching up. We're almost at 400 subscribers. So I think this morning when I checked, we were at 382. Yeah. Um, So we're trying to hit that 500. I know you guys want to see some blooper videos because we have some really good stuff that we probably need to start putting together so that when we hit the 500, um, yeah, yeah, but 
Um, if there's any topics you want to learn about, leave it in the comments below. If you want to learn something about history, we can have John, Heather, and even our historian, um, Sergeant Church, come back on and talk about a specific topic that you guys want to learn about, especially if it's something specific to the South Carolina National Guard, because there are resources to help us with that information. Um, so definitely leave comments below. Um, if there's anything that you guys want to see or listen to in the future, and we can definitely make that happen. Um, so yeah, are are you have anything else, Andrews? Like always, thanks for uh, thanks for listening. Yeah. All right. I'm Sergeant Chelsea Baker. I'm Sergeant Tim Andrews. And we'll catch you in the next episode.